Did you know that things like employee engagement, employee satisfaction, retention, also speed to market, innovation, customer satisfaction, all of those things are completely predictable outcomes based on how the leader is showing up. We've been diving a lot into this topic of leadership patterns as we write our next book and in the development of Lead in 30. I want to share with you what we've uncovered in this episode. Leadership is the ability to facilitate movement in others toward a destination you can describe. I'm Russ Hill. I help build leaders. And this is the Culture Hacks Podcast. episode of the Culture Hacks podcast is sponsored by Lead in 30. Leading others is hard. Learn how to create clarity, alignment, and movement at leadin30.com. The British philosopher, and I, I don't start many episodes quoting British philosophers or any kind of philosopher, but the British philosopher Isaiah Berlin said this. Think I want you to think about this quote for just a second. To understand is to perceive patterns to understand is to perceive patterns. That's what your brain wants to do. Doesn't it? It wants to absolutely develop, um, build, understand patterns in order for it to process. And think about this for a second. So if I were to ask you, okay, so after winter, what happens? You'd say, oh, well, the spring comes like the, it gets warmer and the flowers blossom and bloom and the trees do. And there's this pattern. OK, well, after spring, what happens? Well, there's summer. It gets like really hot. And, OK, at, there's a pattern to weather, right? You watch um, either a well, I don't know if any I don't know if anybody watches TV weather cast anymore. Like this. What is the weatherman? Okay, random question here. What does the weatherman on a TV station, what kind of income are we paying? The the the, the weatherman or weather woman or weather person or forecaster or whatever cred you call, meteorologist. I hope we're not paying that person like hardly any money these days, right? Because who the crud is watching television to get the weather forecast? Like, does anyone under 73 years old do that anymore? And if they do, can you please like direct message me why we're paying that? Anyway, another topic, like it used to be a really valuable position, but now, I mean, you just got the weather app, right? Or you can just ask Alexa. I was uh, playing with Alexa over the, uh, over the uh, holidays and because we needed to know we wanted to play like tennis, pickleball. I can't remember what it was, some outdoor sport on a particular day. So I asked um, Alexa for what the weather was going to be at 9 a.m tomorrow and it told me exactly what the weather was going to be at that exact time in our exact location all of that like why would so and and we 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 do that we 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 open the weather app we ask um you know an ai device that because we're trying to get patterns oh is there a cold front coming in is there a a weather a storm system coming through a pattern that oh this this is coming in and there's going to be there's going to be moisture for the next several days, right? So there's weather patterns, there's seasonal patterns, there's business or economic patterns as well, right? We know that after a, um, an expansion, a, a, an economic expansion where things are going up like crazy, what's going to happen? I mean, it 
always happens. A a um, retraction, right? Of of um recession. And we don't know how deep it's going to be. We don't know how long it's going to last. We don't know all those sorts of things, but it's absolutely predictable. It happens every single time. So there are some variables that you can't predict, but there are a lot of things that you generally can predict. They're patterns. Well, in this episode, what I'm going to talk to you about is leadership patterns. Because the more we've studied this, the more that we've thought about it, the more that we've analyzed our experience working with tons of organizations over a lot of years and, and with a lot of different leaders in a lot of different industries, we've realized, oh my gosh, there are total patterns. And why haven't we been talking about this? And so it's a big part of our next book. And it's, a, it's, um, it's actually how we start off Lead In 30 now, which is our leadership development um, platform and system. Okay. Welcome in to the Culture Hacks podcast. I'm Russ Hill. I make my living coaching and consulting senior executive teams of some of the world's biggest companies. You can find out more at LoneRockConsulting.com. This podcast is for people who are interested in three things. If you're interested in growing, leading, or creating, I shouldn't say or if you're interested in growing, leading and creating, this is the place for you. Just tap on that follow or add or whatever button it is in your podcast app. You'll get two new episodes delivered to your phone, your device every week. My job is to get you to think based upon what I'm experiencing in the leadership lab that I have the privilege of working in, interacting with a lot of a lot of successful organizations and leaders over the years. Okay. Um, so follow the podcast. I mentioned that I mentioned Lone Rock. Okay, perfect. Let's dive, <laughs> let's dive into the topic. Here's what I, here's what I want to dig into. So it, it's, it's crazy how many organizations will get back an employee engagement survey and it will show lackluster results, especially over the last couple of years where the way we work is changed so dramatically. So many companies are still struggling to get it right, to figure out that yes, your people don't want to do, they don't want to work the same way they did before. Some do. There's a percentage of people that absolutely love getting in their car five days a week, at least five days a week, driving to the office, having the access to the break room, being there from eight to five or seven to six or whatever their shift is. They love that and they want it and they, they just, they, they can't live without it. And they are what we call the minority, right? Because that's not most people anymore. It's absolutely not the most productive way to work. And there are certain executives out there in certain organizations that are struggling to figure this out because they think, oh, it, we're dealing with some things in our organization that the results aren't quite what we want them to be. So let's just blame, let's blame people's desire to be hybrid. Or to work from home somewhere. Let's blame that. Because that must be the reason our culture is not as strong. Or that must be that must be why our collaboration's not as high as it used to be. Or that must be why we're not we're not as efficient or whatever it might be. No, not at all. You're wrong. I mean, there are some instances where that that factors in, right? But you can't you can't that's like telling I I remember for years. We would uh, I, we would go to church. This is like ten years ago, fifteen years ago. Go to church and uh, and like all the scriptures that our particular church uses and everything, and all of it be, was put into an app. They built an app, and and you could just on your phone instead of carrying the physical copy of your your Bible 
or your Book of Mormon or whatever it might be, instead of carrying it into church, you just had it on your phone app. And so like the younger people under meaning under like 40 or under 50 would just they stop bringing the physical copy of their scriptures to church and they would bring only their phone. So, you know, it might be in a Sunday school class or something and somebody would say, OK, we'll open up to John chapter whatever. So you just tap on your phone and go. And and it would drive some people, especially older folks, especially just crazy. Like you've got to bring the physical copy to church. And you had some people that were just militant about it. Like, you, oh, my gosh, you're just you've got to have that copy, uh, the physical copy. And what well, you're fighting against innovation, you're fighting against how people want to act. Right. And so it's um, it's it, it, that is a losing battle. And those that are out there saying we got to get everybody back to office five days a week and they've got it. You're fighting a losing battle. Right. So there's there is. There, people want to work differently. And so there are these patterns that develop. And, and so we're trying, we're looking at these things like employee engagement levels aren't as high as they used to be, or our speed to market's not as good as it used to be, or our level of collaboration in the company's not as high, or we've got, we don't have as much um, free flowing of ideas or decision-making is being elevated too high in the corporation. This, these things are especially true of larger organizations, but they're also true, some of them, of smaller companies. And, and so often we'll interact with the leader, especially a senior executive will go, I can't well, like our, our employee satisfaction scores are lower. They went down and especially in this division. And can you help us? We don't know why. Seriously. Uh, by the way, Siri, Siri is here to help. Um, I was mentioning Alexa earlier and Siri couldn't handle not, uh, not speaking up anyway. Um, speaking of technology, right. Um, and so you, you, you talk to these executives and you go, well, I can tell you, I can tell you exactly why your employee engagement scores are down or, or at least what's likely to be the cause and, or your speed to market your innovations down. Well, I, and you're being disrupted and you're not moving at the speed you need to, I, we can probably tell you why it has to do with the way that your leaders are showing up leadership patterns. So let me give you a few examples. And I've, I've shared little bits of this in previous episodes, but I want to go deeper in this one. And, uh, and we, we spend the, the, really the beginning of lead in 30, which you can find out more at lead in 30.com. If you're interested in it, it's, it's the, the, the big part of our business is scaling the leadership development with companies. I mean, companies from literally NBA teams, to um, jewelry manufacturers, to restaurant chains, to energy companies, to you name it. We've got companies that are utilizing Lead in 30 to develop their leaders. And where we start is we talk about these patterns. And so let's go through three. I'm going to introduce you to three quick or, or walk through three different patterns and, and help you see how it's predictable. Because I want you looking in the mirror about the results that you're producing based on the way that you're leading, because you're going to fall into one of these three categories. Every single person does not perfectly, but by and large, you're going to lean into one of these three. The first one is what we call the first leader, right? Talked about this a little bit before. And the first leader is somebody who has no vision or priorities, like everything's important. And, and the, the first leader's team feels like we're, we're absolutely crazy busy, but it sort of feels like a treadmill. We're not really making progress. 
and we don't have a lot of results to show this year that are different from last year's and growth. We're not advancing quite a bit. We're super busy. We got a lot of projects, initiatives, priorities, but we, we don't have a lot of focus and we don't feel like we're moving forward. And the first leader creates that environment because they, they lean into discussion. They love collaboration and discussion and hearing from the whole team. Their meetings tend to run way over. They have a ton of meetings and, and, and the first leader shies away from making decisions. That's why the discussion goes on forever. There's never a decision made. There's no particular direction that they choose. Just, everything's important. We're going to do it all and we are doing it all. And so if you think about the first leader, who is most interested above and beyond anything else they're interested in consensus. I just want everyone to feel good and I want everyone to kind of get along and to, to feel a part of the team and just, we're just going to keep chatting. We're going to keep talking and th their strategic offsites are like four days long and it's a great discussion, lots of team building stuff, but you leave or get on the airplane and go home and you feel like we didn't really advance stuff. Like we didn't really pick a focus area or we don't know what's prioritized. So think about that leader, the, what we call the first leader, someone who's leaning into consensus more than anything else. What are the predictable outcomes based on the way that they lead? Like how would a member of that person's team, someone who reports to that leader, what would they feel? Let's start there. How would they feel? They, they probably would feel heard, right? They would feel like their ideas matter. They have a chance to voice their opinion. They're really grateful for the sense of collaboration and the team atmosphere on the team. So th there will be some things they would really like about that leader and, and the, the environment or the culture that they're creating. What else would they be thinking, though? They'd be feeling a lack of direction right like can well what what's most important like we can't do 80 things so what are the five most important projects or what should i be getting off my table or plate what what isn't a priority and so they start to get frustrated and the the the, the team that reports into whether it's five people or five thousand people that report up into the first leader what ends up happening is they they lose their level of engagement because we're not moving forward we're being disrupted. I'm spending all my time in meetings and there's no decisions being made. And, and we're, we're, we're just, we're not moving forward and I don't know what's most important. So eventually what does somebody on the first leaders team do? They quit, especially in this job market. At the time I'm recording this, they leave after a period of time, not immediately, because they really like the sense of team and not everybody leaves, but uh, people who are really interested in growing and innovating and moving forward and whatever it might be, they, they, they get frustrated and you just can absolutely anticipate that the levels of employee engagement, retention and levels of innovation and productivity and all those things, efficiencies are going to go down. So it's a predictable pattern. If you are a first leader, <laughs> You know what the outcome of that's going to be. You know how, where, how that story ultimately ends. So let's move to the second leader. The second leader views himself as an evolution of the first leader, right? And the second leader, they have priorities. Like they used to be that leader with no priorities. Now they do. What's the problem though? They've got 150 of them. 
when they present their 2023 plan of what the company or the division or this department's going to achieve, it's like 14 PowerPoint slides long. It's it's it reads like a Broadway playbill. They hand it out and you're like, whoa, it's a thick packet of papers. So they feel like, oh, I've got I'm focused. Oh, I'm I've got priorities. There's just a gazillion of them. Everything's on the list, right? The 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 second leader, they tend to micromanage. They don't wake up in the morning going, I can't wait to micromanage and lean over somebody's shoulder and tell them what to do. They just do it naturally. It's how they lead. And why do they do it that way? Why do they micromanage? For a few different reasons. Number one, they've had your job and they can't wait to tell you how to do it more effectively. Like they've done what you're doing before. They've been in this department. They've been in this team. They've held that position and they can't wait to tell you the best way to do it. The, the other reason that the second leader micromanages is because they're just trying, they, they want to produce results so badly that they're, they're, they're leaning into efficiency and to speed and, and, and results. And so we don't have time for more discussion. The second leader holds way fewer meetings than the first leader. The second leader's meetings are way shorter. The second leader's meetings, if you were to log into them, you log into the first leader's meeting virtually and you're like, whoa, everybody's camera's on. They're all interrupting each other. There's tons of discussion. The meeting goes over. Second leader, meeting starts on time, ends early. No one's camera is on. Everybody's mic is muted and there's one person talking. The leader, the boss, everyone else, why aren't they speaking? Why bother? They've raised their hand before. Their opinion doesn't matter. They've offered ideas, it was shot down, it was disputed. They brought data to the table. They've made their case. Leader didn't seem to be interested, already made the decision. And so the second leader creates conflict. They don't wake up in the morning trying to create it, but the way they lead creates it in their own, on their own team and in the other departments. People don't like working with the team led by the second leader. Because he or she doesn't listen. It's not collaborative. And so silos are created. Stovepipes go up. Lack of collaboration. So what, what are the outcomes of the second leader? Initially, it's really good, actually. You think about leadership patterns. The second leader creates results. They deliver. You put them in charge of a team. You're like, whoa. First three, six, 12 months, you think, man, look at the efficiencies. He's delivering amazing productivity. She is on fire. They've totally turned around that team. So usually in the short term, the results are phenomenal. And then the lack of, in a, the lack of collaboration, the lack of idea sharing, the being told what to do leads to burnout. People get frustrated. The silos uh, are uh, settled in. And disengagement goes way up. And, and the second leader justifies. They're like, yeah, people might not be happy or she or he might not be satisfied with their job, but they're just a complainer. We're delivering results. They're always pointing you back to the business outcomes. Look at what we delivered last quarter. Look at the results that we produced last year. Yes, but it's not sustainable as long as we what? It's long as we employ human beings. Because they can't stand you, <laughs> the second leader, right? 
because they don't feel heard. You hired me like in the interview, the job interview process. You were so interested in my ideas and my experience. And then I came to work here. I accepted your offer and you've never asked my opinion since. Or you ask it and you shoot it down right away. And so employee engagement levels go down. Um, you, you see retention, uh, dive bomb, you see tons of challenges, leaders exit because they don't feel like they're being developed. It's totally predictable. And so when you get low employee engagement scores or you're struggling to retain employees or speed to markets going down or productivity is going down, you look at the pattern. How are we leading? How is she over in that department showing up? First leader, way indexing into consensus, or second leader that cares most about compliance. You look at that and you say, oh, that's how we're leading. And you have to adjust. People quit the first leader. They quit the second leader. They are insanely loyal. They will turn down offers for more money in order to stay with the third leader. And the third leader does three things exceptionally well. They create clarity, they build alignment, and they generate movement. It doesn't matter what team you put them in charge of, doesn't matter what industry they work in, doesn't matter what department they lead, they do those three things exceptionally well, and it's why they constantly get promoted. It's why their employee engagement scores are higher, why their, their retention is different. It's why their customer satisfaction scores are higher. It's why they're innovating and disrupting. The third leader does those things. They get in charge of a team. They immediately, after a month or two of meeting with everybody, listening to everybody, they create clarity on the three most important outcomes. It's not 150 things and it's not everything. It's these three things. Growth, whatever the three things are, revenue growth, it's uh, it's customer satisfaction, it's employee retention. They pick three metrics, whatever they are, safety, um, patient satisfaction, whatever it is, they pick these three. Yes, we're monitoring and measuring 80 th- different things. We're working on a lot, of, a lot of different things. But in this division, in this department, in this company, these are the three most important things. Clarity, people follow clarity study history study business it's a totally predictable outcome leaders who create clarity gain tremendous following and loyalty so that's number one create clarity how much clarity are you creating otherwise you're the the outcome's totally predictable it's not going to be loyalty and all the great things i just mentioned the second thing that the third leader does is they build alignment. They understand there's a difference. I've talked about this in how many episodes? I've done 271 episodes now. That's a whole lot of talking over the last however many years of this podcast. I've talked about alignment over and over and over again. In fact, all these three topics over and over and over again. Why? Because every time I got on a plane, every time I log out of a meeting, every time we work with a new company, you look at what, what do they need? Clarity, alignment, movement over and over and over again. It's that's the problem we're fixing is a lack of clarity, alignment and movement created by the leader or the leadership team. So alignment, there's a difference between awareness and alignment. Your team might be aware of the 2023 priorities, but are they aligned to them? 
Alignment doesn't mean agreement. It doesn't mean stand and salute. It means we've had a discussion. There are three steps to creating alignment. We talk about it in Lead in 30. I've done podcast episodes about it. Just search through past episodes, find alignment. You'll see that I talk about it. It's three steps to creating alignment. You make the case. You gauge and discuss. You ask people to get involved. Make the case. Gauge and discuss. Get involved. Those are the three steps to creating alignment. I'm not going to dig into it in this episode. I've talked about it a lot. I'll talk about it a lot more in the future. The third leader creates. They know how to build alignment on a team. That team feels heard and decisions are being made. We're going in a certain direction where we have priorities. And 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 the third leader's team feels like I had a chance to share my data. I shared my perspective. I was heard. I was able to give my opinion and I can get aligned around where we're going. Might not be exactly the decision I would have made in this case or that case, but I totally feel like I was allowed to make the case. And the leader who's in the de- who's in the position to make the decision about this chose that direction. I can get aligned to it. The third thing that the third leader does is generate movement, which means they manage the culture. They understand that there are beliefs or there are there's a current mindset narratives that exist on the team that are getting in the way. People are thinking collectively, individually, a certain way, and we need them to think a different way. They're thinking this way. Most of my team members, most of the people in this department are thinking this way. They might be thinking you can't speak up. They might be thinking um, that uh, that uh, they, they have fear of offering new ideas. They might be thinking that we don't collaborate well around here. They might be thinking that uh, you can you can blame the market. You can blame a policy. They might be thinking we're never going to accomplish that until we have more staffing. Until we hire more people, that there are narratives that exist on every team that are getting in the way. I've talked about a lot about this over the years. And the third leader knows how to manage that and to shift those narratives in order to accelerate results. And so it's totally predictable. I can tell you, you can show me, you can show us employee engagement scores. I'll tell you if you've got a first, second, or third leader. Just ask a few questions, look at the data, and we know it's totally predictable. Can look at your speed to market. I can look at your level of innovation. Can look at your your employee retention. All of these things, and know okay, it's predictable. So it's actually when you think about it, I'm, I'm so surprised that there hasn't been more written or said about this over the years, and uh, we're writing about it right now, and uh, and we talk a, a great deal about this in Lead in Thirty. Have leaders look in the mirror and say, oh. That's how I need to shift if I want to change some of the business outcomes. I've got to show up differently as a leader. So I wanted to share that with you as we get the new year started, because I want you thinking about the pattern of your behavior as a leader. How are you showing up? First leader, it's all about consensus. I just want everyone to feel good, commendable. But are you making decisions? Is there direction? Is there clarity alignment movement? Second leader, are you telling everyone what to do? No one feels like they're heard. You're micromanaging or creating conflict in the way that you're leading. Yeah, it's leading to great results from a business outcome standpoint right now, but ain't sustainable. Second leader or third leader. Are you creating clarity, alignment and movement? There's no finish line on that, by the way. You've got to constantly be checking and adjusting on that, but you're leaning into you're developing skills around those three, those three things. Okay. That's what's on my mind. Hope that's helpful. Is that helpful? Got, got you thinking about some things, some shifts that you can make or some things you might suggest to another leader 
in your organization. Hopefully, you're not just thinking about other people, your boss or other leaders of other departments in your organization. Hopefully, in this episode, as I've been sharing this, you're thinking about mostly about you, how you're showing up and how you might adjust. So tons more at leadin30.com if you're interested in what I just was uh, sharing with you. Okay, so that's uh, that will do it for this episode. If you haven't followed or added or subscribed to the podcast, make sure you tap on that button in your podcast app. You'll get two new episodes delivered to your phone every week. I'll talk to you in the next episode of the Culture Hacks podcast. Who do you know that could benefit from listening to this episode? Tap on the share button and text the link to a friend or colleague or write a post on LinkedIn and tag Russ. Thanks for listening to the Culture Hacks podcast with Russ Hill.